Welcome to the Reunion Belleville podcast, a place where everyday people apprentice to Jesus. We're glad you pulled up a seat and we hope that today's lead-in encourages you to take your next step. All right, good morning. I don't know if you were tracking with us on our socials this week, but I do want to start with the same question I posed on Tuesday. When life gets chaotic, do you stay calm? Chaotic means a sequence of events that are unpredictable and therefore they make us feel unprepared. And the result isn't just that we feel unprepared, it's that we become sensitive or even hypersensitive to small changes. The little things begin to feel like big events and to be honest, some are. Maybe it's the pandemic, the rising cost of living, mortgage rates, the kids are sick, or maybe you had a disagreement with your partner. Heck, it's most likely a couple of these things in hand with a couple different ones, right? Life can be chaotic, and when it is, how do you respond? In the longest uh, discussion recorded between Jesus and his apprentices, it's about four chapters long, Jesus shares a lot of information with his apprentices. It's their last meal together, and Jesus gives what is referred to as the upper room discourse in John chapter 12 and, and following during which he almost seems to be kind of opening the floodgates of things that need to be said. Like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He goes on to say, people will know you're really my apprentices by one thing more than anything else, your love for one another. He goes on to warn that trouble is on the way, but at the end of the day, remember, Jesus is in charge. He says the only way to produce any type of kingdom fruit is to remain connected to him. But the big crescendo, so to speak, in this entire discourse is near the end of it. In John chapter 16, he says, I'm leaving and it's good news. That's right. He says all of this stuff, he unloads all of this information. Then he says, I'm leaving because if I don't, I can't send you the advocate to guide you. This is good news. I can see the young men's heads maybe spinning, trying to hold on to something in the midst of the chaos of Christ's statements. And there in the midst of what I can only imagine does feel like chaos, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. The Holy what? For some of us, that's our gut reaction. Sure, maybe you've heard of the Spirit. In fact, we we talk about the Holy Spirit every time we're together. But knowing and understanding are two very different things. Now, some of you may think Holy Spirit and say, holy, oh no, because of your past experiences in the church. For every denomination or movement of the church, there is an alternative way, it seems, when it comes to talking or engaging with the Spirit. Some movements will make statements that if you've met the Spirit, you can do X, Y, and Z. And if you can't, well, maybe you've never really met the Spirit. Some will say that if you want to see X, Y, and Z happen, you have to rely on the Spirit. And if it hasn't happened, well... Maybe it's God's will, or, or worse, not God's will, or maybe it's your fault. The Spirit can be used to defend or offend depending on your needs. But there in the chaos of these interpretations, there's still some of us who hear the term Holy Spirit or the, the name Holy Spirit, and you, you begin to kind of relax a little bit, maybe internally, and maybe even just your body language is starting to say, yeah, all right, the Holy Spirit, let's go. Regardless of where you are on the spectrum of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite us all this morning to open our hands. Place them on your lap there, on your knees, or 
uh, your legs there and just put them palm upward. We do this often as a crew because it's simply a physical expression of an internal disposition towards God. I don't expect you to be all in, but the big question we want to ask is, are you open? Just like your hands, are you open to taking a few weeks with us to explore, discuss, and even practice some stuff when it comes to the Holy Spirit? I know, I know I'm asking you to trust me, but more importantly, can you take a a couple of weeks and can you trust Can you trust God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Because I think what Jesus says about the Spirit is so important at this time in our world, in our nation, in our city, and yes, even within our homes. In fact, I think Jesus is inviting and even challenging us to see the potential of calm in the midst of our outer and inner chaos. So are you open? I'm not asking you to just go through the motions with me. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to invite everyone else too. We're going to go like maybe old school church if you grew up in church. But I invite everyone to close your eyes just so we can be honest with God in this moment. And in time, we're going to be more and more honest with each other. But let's just be honest with God and I'm going to pray. Okay, everybody got eyes closed. Okay, I'm going to trust that they have. And so God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our hands are open. And for some of us, that's a big risk. For other, uh, for some of us, that's just super casual. For some of us, we're not even really sure. But uh, each of us in our own way, either um, with hesitation or with confidence, we open our hands to you. We're going to take this series, Lord, just to step back and to start at the start with you and invite the Holy Spirit to guide us. Our hands are open. That's the best that we can do. But I thank you that it's all that you're asking of us to be open. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to go to John chapter 16. We read it in our opening liturgy. But I really want to start and pay attention to verse 12 and following. Jesus says this in verse 12. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. AKA, Jesus is saying right at the beginning of this, if I were to tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth, you couldn't handle it. (laughs) I know, isn't that crazy? I love this starting point because there can be this idea in the church that the truth is the be all and end all of our Christian life. Just seek the truth and the truth will, after all, it will set you free. Well, I know Jesus says that earlier in John chapter 8, but it seems that he's also thinking something a little bit different in this conversation. You see, I think he's kind of saying, you want the truth? You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And I trust that he's right because the truth is not just some prophetic statement about what will be, but the full revelation of how things are. And if I can be honest, I don't think I could handle it. You see, the truth can either light you up, it can be incredibly encouraging, and it can light you up exciting with excitement, or it can knock you down. It can be challenging and and distorting, or it can disorienting, sorry. In fact, if you were to consider your own life, what truths do you know now about yourself today? Would you, that would, sorry, if you knew some, what truths do you know about yourself right now that would be incredibly challenging to your younger self? Say, for example, you were to meet your 18-year-old self, what would you tell them? What truth could you impart into your younger life and how might your younger self react? I was thinking about it this week and I thought, oh, I wouldn't be able to get much out because my younger self would be like, what happened to your hair? Yes, it's it's going great. Yes, um, it's thinning a little bit. 
Now, I got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of really nice, like encouraging truth that I could share with my younger self. Like, guess what? You're going to you're going to get married. You're going to have three children. You're going to move to Belleville and you're going to be planting a church. And all with like by the time you're 40, you're going to you're going to try all this stuff and do all this stuff and have a family. Uh, Now, that's some really good truth. But that young man would be overwhelmed by the state of his future hair. (laughs) I know he couldn't handle it. I know it's vain, but I got to tell you, my eight-year-old, 18-year-old self, well, he was vain. Because some truth will light you up, but friends, some is going to knock you down. I heard from a friend this week, in fact, that one of their uh, old school buddies had a crisis of faith when they found out that Jesus didn't speak English. Now, don't laugh, because in the Bible, there there was this guy named Saul, who was all about the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help him God. And he was on the road to arrest and even kill Christians because they didn't have or promote the truth of God. And so Saul's on this journey to shut these blasphemers down, these liars, when he comes face to face with the resurrected Christ. Boom. (laughs) Here's some truth for you. And he was literally knocked down and blind. He was slain to the ground as he was overwhelmed by truth. All he once thought and lived to protect in a moment changed. The truth can either light you up, but it can also knock you down. And it took Saul three years to recover from that moment. That's right. In that moment, uh, Saul's glimpse at the truth, it took him three years to reconstruct his life around the person of Jesus, who was and is the Christ. He had to reframe his entire life through the lens of Christ. In that single moment, truth changed. Sometimes truth can be easy to handle, and other times it's simply almost too much to bear. So to arrogantly proclaim that we seek the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God, we need to be reminded that Jesus himself said, friends, you can't bear it. And if for a moment you think you've got it, uh, you've got a market on truth, that somehow you've cornered truth, Jesus says, if you think you have, guess what? You couldn't even stand if you had it. We'd be face down, blind, in need of help because we can't handle the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It's just simply too much. Which brings us to this really interesting invitation and challenge from Jesus in verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, the spirit will guide you into all truth. The spirit will guide you into all truth. I love this characteristic Jesus shares about the Holy Spirit. The spirit is a guide. Now, over the course of the next couple weeks, we're going to talk more about who the Spirit is, where the Spirit came from, what the Spirit did, and what the Spirit is doing. But this morning, let's start at the start with this simple idea that the Holy Spirit is a guide into the truth because faith is a journey of exploration, discovery, and clarification. And Christ has sent us a guide who will ease us into the truth bit by bit by bit. And this, my friends, is why we as a church embrace the idea of reconstruction. If the Spirit is going to guide us into truth, it's going to take some time. We're going to explore and discover new ideas and statements and images of God and why it all matters. But it will also mean that we need to relearn some truth in light of Jesus. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will not just guide us into new truth, but will guide us from time to time to revisit our existing truths. Over the course of the last few years, the term and process of deconstruction has become a popular and honest journey for some. The term deconstruction can be a beautiful image of a spirit-led journey of 
of discovery and rediscovery and reconstruction into our faith and into our life. It's just like if I was to revisit again my 18-year-old self and talk to them about my ideas now, like the truth that I believe about God today is significantly different, thank goodness, than it was when I was 18. And it's good news because my life has been reconstructed, my, my life and my faith is being reconstructed around this image of Jesus as the full revelation of God. And the Spirit is continuing to guide me into deeper and even new areas of truth. And as apprentices, we are invited to even and even challenged to be led into truth and even to back, go back around some truth that we used to have or we think we still have. Some of those moments will seem like a light bulb going off where things just kind of click. And other times, I got to tell you from my own experience, it can be like a flash that knocks us down. Reconstruction will mean some easy things and it's going to mean some areas of deconstruction. In fact, within five years of Jesus' words in, in John chapter 16, uncircumcised gentles, Gentiles would be eating pulled pork sandwiches at the church potluck. <laughs> Let me say that again. So we got this, this Orthodox Jewish group of guys, right? They're hanging out with Jesus. They're, they're following Jesus. And they think that like, it's like an extension, right? Like this, we've got, we got this on lock. We know how we're supposed to eat. We know how we're supposed to act. We know who's in, who's out. Within five years of Jesus' words right in this moment, uncircumcised Gentiles would be eating pulled pork sandwiches at the church potluck. <laughs> There's no way those apprentices in that moment were ready for that truth. They had to be guided towards it. They had to just take it day by day, step by step by step. Because if you want the truth, yeah, we do. But can we trust that the Spirit is going to guide us as we're ready? Can we take it easy? Can we grow, explore, discover, and be open to reconstruction where need be? Because believe me, I think there's going to be a need. So relax. You don't know everything and you'll have to forget some things. Reconstruct others. Just relax. Let's hold lightly, not tightly, and remain open to the guide because Jesus continues. For the Spirit will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now that can sound a little confusing, but the main point is simply this. The Holy Spirit is to Jesus what Jesus is to the Father. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is to Jesus what Jesus is to the Father. And this is incredibly good news because the Holy Spirit is therefore just like Jesus. Everyone take a big exhale because this journey that we're about to go on and continue on, I hope, as a church, it's, it's good news because God sent the Son and Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit. Jesus obeys the Father and the Spirit will obey Jesus. Jesus said only, uh, Jesus said only what he heard the Father tell him and Jesus just says in this verse that the Spirit will only speak what it hears from Christ. The Spirit is our guide into all truth and Jesus says, guess what? He's just like me. And this is really good news because Jesus is just like God. Remember, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. That's Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And if you want to know what the Holy Spirit is like, look at Jesus. There's no contradiction in the Godhead, the, the three persons of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are at peace, at wholeness, in unity together. If you know one, you know them all. Exhale. Relax because Jesus 
is just like the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. So in closing, over the course of the next couple weeks, here's the thing. I think this is one of those series that really has the potential to be formational for us as a community because I believe that if we continue this path, our lives as apprentices could be greatly affected as the Holy Spirit guides us into new truth as we reevaluate, even reconstruct, maybe even to some degree deconstruct some, some old truth or some current truth. But as we dig into this discussion over the next few weeks, I pray the areas of our lives that are chaotic, under stress, and send us into a bit of a tailspin can be addressed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can guide us into truth. Now, I'm not going to lie and say it's going to be light bulbs every time. Not everything we learn from the Spirit is like super exciting and encouraging. Some of the truth might be might be difficult. It might be more internal reflection and even deconstruction and Uh, We have to circle back around some truth, right? But good news, the Spirit is just like Jesus. The question is, are we open to the Spirit guiding us? And for some of us, this adventure in truth might not be about the chaos in our lives. It might be about the chaotic relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. Maybe, in fact, we'll be invited to reconstruct or maybe even deconstruct some areas we believe was truth about the Spirit or other areas of our lives in relationship to God, one another, in our city. Maybe God wants to reveal something new or pull back the layers on something you think is truth. The good news, the Spirit is a gift to gently guide us step by step. I do want to say also that I don't have an agenda. I'm not looking for some movement of the Spirit. I'm only asking that the Spirit guide us. Would you be able and open to ask as well? I'm going to give you a couple minutes before we go into our breakouts just to take a second to consider that question. Are you open? to the Spirit guiding you into truth. Just gently, step by step, maybe some light bulbs will go off, maybe you gotta revisit some stuff, but would you be willing over the next few weeks to just open your hands, and would you be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth? What is God saying to you this morning, and how are you going to respond? Thank you for listening to today's lead-in. We pray that you were able to learn something about Jesus today, but equally important, we pray that you sense a step you might take in response. What would it look like for you to live with Jesus today in light of our discussion? You can learn more about our community at www.reunionbelleville.com, and we're always here to walk with you.